Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of The Irish and the Sunny Independent. And I am delighted to be joined this week by Orla Toomey, Chief Executive of the Advertising Standards Authority for Ireland. Orla, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Orla, I'm going to put something to you here. The ASAI Code of Standards claims that a marketing communication should not mislead or be likely to mislead by inaccuracy, ambiguity, exaggeration, omission or otherwise. And you know what I'm going to tell want to say now. <laughs> How can telecoms operators, mobile and broadband brand operators claim on their ads that their service is unlimited when it's not unlimited? So essentially, for the vast majority of consumers, the the plan will be unlimited. Uh, This was a decision that our complaints committee took some years ago, and it it is something that we are going to be reviewing at the moment. And so there was two elements. One, that consumers shouldn't have to worry about the amount of data that they're using or the amount of calls that they're making. But equally, some consumers' usage might be such that it impacts on other consumers because it's so out of the ordinary. It's not in line with normal consumer usage. So the Complaints Committee decided that in these circumstances they would permit the use of a fair use policy with a threshold provided that no mo- and, and a claim, an unlimited claim provided that no more than 1% of consumers on the relevant plan would be affected by the threshold. And the 1% is a a limit, it's not a target. So we have consistently asked the providers to give us information about the number of consumers affected, um, say over a six month period on a per month basis, and consistently it is well below 1%. Having said that, it is an area that we've identified um, for review. I suppose things have changed. Uh, People use their tech so much more now. We're connected to our phones, we stream data in a way that we wouldn't have had before. So our complaints committee decided that we should relook at the issue um, and see whether or not the conditions of use for terms like unlimited can continue in the way they are currently. Can I, can I just ask you about the English language? Because when you say that for the vast majority of people it might be effectively unlimited, isn't something unlimited or it's limited? And I mean, isn't doesn't that go to the heart? I mean, you know, are we in kind of a 1984 or a dystopian society? I mean, if something is on billboards saying it's unlimited, it doesn't matter surely whether it's 1% or 5% or 10%. Isn't that just English? Yeah, and this is one of the part of the complaints that we do get around this, that it is actually, it's not consistent with the meaning 
of, of the word. And we do understand that. I suppose it was in a sense of being um, that for the vast majority of people, they'd never they'd never even know that there was a limit. But, but for and the vast majority of people, even though even though they may not hit the limit, they would still understand the word unlimited to mean unlimited. So from your, I'm just trying to get inside the, the understanding mm-hmm. here. From your point of view, does it not bother you or the ASAI? And I've asked the same question to Comrade again, the CCP CISO, mm-hmm. that the word unlimited is being used completely unfaithfully. Yeah, I get I get where you're coming from it. Um, but I would have taken the view that if, say, for example, if, if a threshold was something like 300,000 terabits yep. that no one could absolutely ever reach, mm-hmm. that in the then in the common sense of the of the experience of consumers, mm. it would be unlimited. OK, so you're so you're saying that in the practical sense that it's such a vast amount of uh, data or allowance that to all intents and purposes it's unlimited. The only problem with that thesis though is that I have had people writing into me, um, emailing me, tweeting, giving me examples of where they have been charged um, for, for breaking the limit of their unlimited uh, service. So, and you, you know, one might say that they're, they're part of the 1%, but even still, I mean, 1%, if you take a company like Air, Air has a million customers. Mm-hmm. That one percent is ten thousand people, you know. But it's not. It's not one percent of the total customer base. No, but it could be. I mean, it could be. I mean, if the air has a say, I'm I'm only taking out of the blue now. Yeah. Air has a, uh, a customer base of a of a million people for its broadband, for example. Mm-hmm. So not every single one of those customers is on its highest broadband package, but you know, a lot would be. It's certainly a couple of thousand. Yeah, and and it and I suppose this is one of the reasons why we are coming back to this, and we 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 decided um, it's about a, a year, eighteen months ago, we needed to look at it again. Mm. We've been working on the other guidance note in the meantime, so having completed that, we are looking at it again. We did um, put in when we I suppose agreed with the industry that they could say unlimited if there was a fair use policy that. People are supposed to know that there is a fair use policy and they are supposed to be advised when they are approaching it so that they don't just fall off the cliff edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just, I suppose, even if one accepts that that is, um, you know, that, that that is okay, I can give you right here and now examples of uh, current products. One product just, just launched, mm-hmm. I don't mind mentioning it because I've written about it, it's Air's new No Limits. Um, uh, product and it has an 80 gigabyte limit, which is very good for a mobile, uh, for a mobile mm-hmm. smartphone data limit, the best in the market, in, in fact. But they're saying that it has no limits. There is nowhere on any of the billboard ads uh, on the website, uh, uh, the, the, on the main page of the website, which I just checked before uh, we were, were ta- talking, to, began talking today, it doesn't say anything about a fair use uh, limit. Well, One of the things that we will be doing as part of our um, look at this approach is we're going to actually look at what's currently happening on the ground and what's actually happening in relation to the marketing communications because it is a twin track approach. It's to make sure, will our companies actually comply with what the agreed process is at the moment and then a consultation process about, well, what should the the future conditions of use 
around Unlimited B. So we will be looking at all the providers and what they are currently doing. And where we have concerns about compliance with the current approach, we will be addressing those with them. And is it the case that you have to wait for a complaint or somebody to bring this up externally to deal with it? Or can you, off your own bat, go and, and initiate something? You know, if, if I'm whinging about it to you right here and now, um, do you, do you I mean, how does the ASI work that way? Do, do you initiate stuff yourselves or do you have to wait for complaints? We do both. Okay. So we um, primarily, um, our work is driven by complaints, um, so listening to what consumer concerns are, but we do have a monitoring role so we can decide to look at an area, it could be a media, it could be an area of activity, it could be a sector, and to, to look at that, to look at a range of advertising, make a view from our point of view whether or not we think there's an issue, address that with the companies, and if they amend that, well then we've considered that we've, we've achieved what we've set out to, to, to achieve. If we don't get compliance, um, then we can initiate a formal investigation. Mm -hmm. So it'll be an ASAI challenge being brought to the Complaints Committee. And what would that ultimately uh, result in if that complaint was upheld? Our, investigation rather yeah well our decisions the complaints committee decisions are published both on our website and to media generally and we require um advertisers to amend their advertising if it's been found in breach of the code of course so is it but is it essentially a voluntary code an honor code there, there's no real enforcement there's obviously no penalty or no fine or anything well, like that I, I think it depends on what you consider to be first of all a penalty um Reputational damage is very significant and of, of importance to, to, to advertisers. We are a self-regulatory organisation. We're in existence nearly 40 years. So I think over those 40 years, we've shown that while we don't have a legal backstop, we have actually achieved what we set out to achieve, which is to ensure that misleading or offensive advertising is withdrawn. Um, all the major media associations, organisations are in membership of ASAI and they won't carry advertising that's in breach. And while digital is, is, has its own challenges because there isn't that third party backstop, our experience is that advertisers will actually amend their, their website, their, their other digital advertising in line with, um, with our adjudications. Mm. And I suppose ultimately if... Um, we were concerned about an advertiser not complying and it was an area that fell under, for example, the Consumer Protection Act. We can bring it to the CCPC for them to look at it under the the, the relevant uh, legislation. Yeah, I want to actually, you mentioned the CC, CCPC, which is, you'll mind, it's the Consumer... It's the Competition and the, Consumer yeah. Protection Commission. That's right, yeah. So that essentially is a body which does have teeth in terms of taking action, initiating a statutory, a certain amount of statutory power, a little bit like Comreg in a different way. Yes. Um, I've spoken to them about this. I spoke to Comreg about this um, for different reasons about the unlimited issue. In both cases, they redirected me or they pushed me back towards the ASAI mm -hmm. because it was an advertising related thing. And yet, of the three bodies, the ASAI is the one that doesn't really have any real statutory teeth. No, you're correct. We don't. Have, we're we're not a statutory body. Mm. Um, I think sometimes there can be um, a misunderstanding about the effectiveness of different levels of regulation. So yes, 
we we work with advertisers to try and make sure that we help them bring their advertising into um, compliance with the code. And when they, when it's not, we do adjudicate on that. And I suppose because we've been in existence for nearly 40 years and we have built up a, a credibility, uh, our, our adjudications are complied with. Um, there is, there may be the, you know, one advertiser a year, a small advertiser might take some work to get them there. But generally speaking, they do um, comply with this. I think we're part, we're seen as part of the regulatory mix mm. in, in Ireland. And I mean, look, it's a competitive world out there for telecoms operators, mm. and they will say they will take whatever inch of competitive advantage they can get. And if using the word limit and limited makes uh, a, a better case for somebody to use their mobile or broadband product, they'll, they'll do it. But as far as I can see, and I have to say this with due respect to, to what you are saying, they don't seem to care that much about the, 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 you know, the, the weighing scales of justice of the ASAI because they are, the, I mean, I, I can give you examples there of air. I could talk about Sky, which um, claims to have unlimited broadband, doesn't even refer to a fair use uh, in its terms and conditions even. You have, to, you have to actually buy the product before you actually find out that there is such a thing mm -hmm. as a fair use. Um, I could mention uh, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Media Mobile, uh, which has a 40 gigabyte cap on its limit mobile, which I would submit to you is a very low um, cap for even under the slightly convoluted rationale that, you know, mm -hmm. unlimited can mean, uh, can include limited if, if, if the cap is that high. So it's not apparent to me that these mobile and broadband operators are really paying much attention on this issue to the, the, the threat of any regulation from the ASAI? Uh, well, I suppose I, there's two things there. First of all, um, this, is, this is one telecommunications issue. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't possibly disagree with you that there isn't um, an issue to address in this area. And as I've said, we're going to be doing a, a, a monitoring to see what the current situation is, um, which is part of our um, development of the second part of the guidance note. Um, and I think that, as I said, yeah, so it's one, it's one area that's not, that there, there seems to be an issue. Mm. Um, they do comply with our adjudications when we make adjudications. So I wouldn't agree that the telecommunication companies have no regard to us. Mm -hmm. Um, my experience is that they do, um, where we've had, if we've had issues in the past about other areas, we have reached out, we've met with them, we've explained what the issues are, we've explained what the concerns are. And my experience is that we we get compliance. Mm. You've slightly taken the wind out of another question I was going to ask, but what I was, what I would have to put to you is whether you think the, um, whether the ASAI has arguably a slightly softer approach because it is industry funded and because it is a voluntary in industry that it doesn't go in all guns blazing even the concession to allow the word unlimited if and if it doesn't affect more than one percent of customers that in itself is a kind of concession now i take your point about well if let's say it was 300 terabytes or 3000 mm -hmm. terabytes or petabytes or whatever i take that point mm. nevertheless it's 
for Virgin Mobile, it's 40 gigabytes. So even that concession, is that not related to the fact that this is an industry-funded body and that real politic dictates that you, you know, you have to give them a certain amount of leeway? No. No. No, absolutely not. Um, I think ultimately um, one of the strengths of the ASAI is that we have a complaints committee who are um, made up of both industry and non-industry people, but with a majority of non-industry people and chaired by an independent um, person, Professor Barbara Redmond. The complaints committee can ask to look at any complaint that we've received. We don't send all the complaints to them. You can understand that some complaints are out of remit, mm -hmm. sometimes there's no basis, and sometimes we resolve it informally, where we get um, we get a change in behaviour, we get an ad amended, and there's no need to bring it to the committee. But the committee um, who, who live in the real world um, are aware of the issues um, around advertising, and they can ask to see absolutely any complaint that we've received. So they're very much... Um, I suppose our watchdog, mm. and we, as we are the, the the watchdog of the industry. Well, in in terms of this real world that we're living in, I mean, uh, one of the the points uh, Three Ireland um, get annoyed with me about once every eighteen months because I bring up this issue of all you can eat, and I have since the, the, you know the, their existence. Now, to be clear. I've always said and written that Three Ireland, in general, has has been the most generous mobile data allowance you can get. At the moment, it's a 60 gigabyte cap uh, on its all you can eat. They don't describe it as a cap, but their terms and conditions do describe it as a cap. They say they don't cut anybody off after that, mm -hmm. but they reserve the right to do so. And they do it for all the reasons that any network engineer will tell you. We have to be able to manage the network. Um, you know, an unlimited amount of data is not a practical way of uh, of operating a telecoms mm -hmm. network. And yet, at the same time, when they say all you can eat, maybe that's a little bit better than unlimited because they're referring to as much as you can eat. But if I can eat 120 gigabytes or 300 gigabytes, what they're saying is we reserve the right uh, to stop you doing that. And this is the real world that we've been in and the complaints committee or uh, of the mm -hmm. S or anybody else. They've been living in that in that world and, and there hasn't been, and, and three have been allowed to do that. Well, we, so our approach to the word unlimited mm. is unlimited and similar terms. Yeah, so that would, I mean, I would argue that would, would include all you can eat, but yeah. I don't disagree with yeah. you. It, w the, sa the same approach would follow mm -hmm. that no more than 1% of the customers on the plan should be affected and they should be advised in advance and there should they should be they should know that the fair use policy exists and how do they show you how do they uh, persuade you that no more than 1% of customers are affected well we ask for data from their systems as to the different levels and and what the different levels of usage is mm -hmm. um, over on a per month basis over six months. And can I be really cheeky and say, do you trust that data? I mean, do you, you know, do you have people, either you yourself or, or someone else here who would, who would parse that and you'd be confident in looking back going, this is a complete and total picture of all the data? Uh, the, the, the way we work is that we work, that we trust that when we ask for information mm -hmm. that we are given accurate information. Mm -hmm. um, if we feel that there is an issue around the information that we've been given or we need to delve deeper, we'll do that. Um, we do have a slightly cynical um, edge to, to our approach to looking at information, 
but we do work on that approach that in the absence of evidence to the contrary, we assume that people act in good faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's it just, if, if I was on one of Virgin Media's uh, unlimited mobile plans, I would be astonished if only 1% of people um, go over that 40 gigabyte monthly cap. As for airs, one terabyte unlimited limit and monthly, I, maybe you might say that you get closer to 1% going over that. I'd say it's probably a little bit more than that in this era of online gaming and mm. Netflix streaming and big families and everybody has a device at home and everybody's now streaming in. Well, this is it. And it's not just uh, high definition anymore. It's now 4K mm. and now the first 8K devices are coming. So I, I, I think it's more than that. But um, it just seems to be a little bit of a mess. And I know the operators think that I'm a total pain in the arse for bringing it up because I bring it up about once every <laughs> once every 18 months. And now you guys are, 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 are in the crosshairs over it. Um, and Comreg as well, in fairness, Comreg and the CCPC keep just batting it back to you as if it's nothing to do uh, with them when in fact Comreg is actually a regulator of the telecom companies. To be fair to the ASAI, it's, it is, although it's an advertising uh, um, adjudicator, it doesn't have the regulatory powers that the others have and it, it's a bit maybe odd for the others to keep pushing it back to you guys and saying, uh, no, 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 we've nothing to do with it, go ask them, even uh, though they don't have any statutory powers. I, well, I see, I think that's, that, that argument is that you can only be effective if you've got statutory powers, and I don't agree with that, um, based on my, my experience in ASAI. And I think that you can have different levels of regulation that can work complementary with each other, and I think that's what happens in this space. ASAI's code goes across all product sectors and across all media. Whereas, you know, Comreg obviously are the experts um, in in telecoms Mm. regulation and CCPC look at areas of misleadingness and harm associated with Mm. that. Um, Whereas we go across all. And I think that's, there's a a value in having a regulator that has that breadth of, um, of sight of the different, what happens in different sectors and what can impact. And also, in fact, the media that are, we, we deal with all media. Well, the only sanction that you've really articulated here is the one whereby media have agreed not to carry ads from, uh, from upheld, compl- resulting from upheld complaints. I mean, are there any other sanctions I'm missing here other than being named and shamed and, and the ignominy, presumed ignominy from that? Uh, no, they are our two main sanctions. Mm. I suppose we do have a sanction in the code that if we felt that there was significant and continued um, breach of the code, we can request media to um, that we would do compulsory copy advice on advertising. Um, Could you explain that? What is copy advice? Um, copy advice is where we will give a view on compliance with the code in advance of publication. So mm. an advertiser can come to us and say, um, I've got this ad, I'm not sure, I'm a bit concerned, is this compliant, do I need to amend it? And we will give copy advice and say, and, and whether or not we think it's compliant. It's not binding, so our complaints committee can come to a different view, but it's an informed view of people who are very, very familiar with the code. And do any advertisers take you up on it? Yeah, they do. Any telecoms advertisers? Uh, I didn't look at those figures okay. before. Because I'd be fascinated if any of the ones that I'm moaning about right now 
came came to you earlier uh, or, or at a previous juncture and said, is this ad okay? I mean, I'd be amazed if you signed off on, on some of the ones that I've mentioned here today. Well, I think, as I've said already, there, it's clear that there there are some issues that do need to be addressed. Mm. Um, and that is something that we will be doing. And I think it's also clear that when we look at where the, the I suppose, the, um, the history of the use of Unlimited, that has been in existence for quite some time now. And it did start at a point when tele- in relation to voice and text. Mm. And it has evolved and the industry has evolved and consumers usage has evolved. It's more so, cute now. Yeah, because because of our because of that and how and, we use it. Yeah. And yeah, and it, and. And, th- and we recognize that and we recognize that th- we need to look at this and see how and in what way the words can be used, the conditions of use going forward. So we do recognize that there's an issue here. Well, it would it would seem to me, as you've gleaned from the way I've been arguing here, it would seem to me that the obvious thing to do here is to simply say that you cannot use the word unlimited in any circumstances unless it is truly unlimited, even if it's 300 uh, terabytes. I suspect that uh, the, the, the review that you're going to do may come to a, di- a different conclusion. What, what is a possible outcome that might ar- arise at this? And what is it dependent on? Is it dependent on the industry and the advertisers themselves agreeing to it? I presume it is. Uh, well, part of our process is to, um, is to consult um, when, when we are changing an approach, which is what which we will do on this case. But we'll also be consulting with Comreg and with CCPC. Um, and any other stakeholders that we identify as, as, as being key to this, we'll then take that information, we'll take it and we'll assess it against the complaints that we've received, we'll assess it against the monitoring that we've done, and we will come to a view as to what the next step should be. Um, what that view will be um, is dependent on our, our review of the situation, yeah. but we do know that we do need to look at this and our complaints committee have also been very clear they want us to look at this issue again and see so just just to be completely clear you don't see this as a black and white issue um i think there i think there is an element of gray i think that if 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 something is so extreme that it's not going to affect people then i don't see that it is that it is misleading in fact. I think part of the challenge is that because we've, because technology has changed and because we have so many different devices now and we're on our devices and we're streaming, that the circumstances have changed and we need to look at what those circumstances are. And it could well be a black and white issue in those circumstances. Mm. But you'll understand that if, if I'm setting out to do a review of a situation, I have to be open to the information that we receive on that review and come at it with an open mind. For sure, I appreciate the, your position uh, you're in. And obviously, from the way I'm talking, I'm, I am taking an absolutist approach on it somewhat. And I don't think I'll ever be able to, to, to understand how something that's advertised as unlimited can have a limit on it. I suppose if it were advertised as unlimited and if the limit were so high, I probably wouldn't moan about it. <laughs> but I still think that it wasn't a correct um, use of English. So in terms of timeframes, and what, what are we looking at in that regard? When, when is this going to kick off, do you think? Oh, we, 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 we are starting our, our review now. Okay. Um, and so the process for that, as I've said, is that we'll, we'll, do, we'll do our desktop research and address any issues that we need to address. 
we will be writing to the operators and to other parties to 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 understand how it's working for them at the moment and to to just get general views we'll probably do a very directed um consultation asking certain questions then I anticipate we'll get responses. I anticipate that we might get some requests for meetings and um, that's very much part of the way we work. And then we will come to a position and ultimately, presumably, we'll have a, a, a draft document that we can consult on and finalise. So that's, to me, that sounds like a process of months, like sort of February, March next year. That's kind of a time frame I'd, I'd be thinking of based on how you describe it there. It's certainly not weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly not weeks um, because we have to follow that due process of consultation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm not putting going to put a timeline on it because okay. I don't know what's going to ha- what information we're going to get. Yeah, is that the only issue you're looking at at the moment? By the way, is there anything else that ha- has cropped up as being an issue uh, in a similar way that you're you're having to review or look at uh, uh, in the same fundamental way? Well, n- not not, ne- not necessarily to do with telecoms now. No, and um, well, no. The uh, I suppose we did. Um, we changed our view on descriptors like fiber mm. in the, oh, yes. the, the guidance note that we've just issued yes because previously we would have had the view that when there was no fiber to mm-hmm. the home networks mm-hmm. that fiber to the cabinet and fiber to the exchange were a step change for mm-hmm. consumers experience and that it was okay for operators to describe them as fiber whereas now because the developments again things have changed mm-hmm. um, there are now fiber to the home networks so our view now is, unless it is a fibre to the home network, you must give an indicator if you use the word fibre that it's part fibre or it's fibre to the cabinet. So you, so for example, if your product was called e-fibre, not naming any operator in particular, you could still call it that if somewhere else in maybe a strap line or on the ad you indicate it somehow. Somewhere prominently that you, you indicate that it's a, a, a part fibre or fibre or to the cabinet. It's connected somewhere to fibre but not is yeah. not a fibre broadband as we talk about with the National Broadband Plan, for example. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like if you talk about fibre to the home, mm. that's that's a fully fibre network. So mm. that's fine to call that fibre. But with part fibre networks, there has to be some indicator to consumers that what they're actually purchasing mm-hmm. because because it's changed. And again, it's it's that process of, you know, you take a view at one point in time, and then society changes or technology changes or the way people experience things changes and you you look at it again and see is it still fit for purpose. Yeah. I saw something in the paper the other day about a distillery and the whiskey uh, uh, and distilled whiskey. Did you see that story? There's, it's a, there's a, a small rumpus going on about a uh, distillery that um, and whether or not a whiskey or a spirit can be sold as uh, being from a distillery if it's not actually distilled, if it's only aged in a, in a barrel, for example. That hasn't crossed your you know, no. okay, desk yet. Okay, I'm sure it will <laughs> um, at some point. Um, but uh, but listen, thank you very much for coming on this uh, podcast. I know I've been very cranky about this issue for the last uh, few weeks. Uh, however, I do appreciate uh, you uh, spending the time and I look forward to seeing what the ASAI's uh, deliberations uh, result in and what the conclusions will be and whether it will make any difference as well. Um, I mean, I've mentioned a few examples of of ads that I think are, I don't know, they're, they're not great, but on the other hand, um, I'm sure uh, 
let's hope something changes there. But anyway, Orla Toomey, Chief Executive of the Advertising Standards Authority for Ireland. Thank you very much for joining the Big Tech Show uh, this week. And that is all I have time for this week. From me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. Thanks a million for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.